Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Everybody feeling pretty good this morning? Everybody having a good rainy, yeah. rainy day? Is it rainy there, Tay? It's very rainy here. I was going to say, no, it's super not. It's beautiful out. It was rainy oh. yesterday. I wish we had that weather. This was uh, Charlie's field day today at school. Oh. Charlie's Aww. still in got school. Rained out? Well, I don't know. I mean, she went like they all went. <laughs> she's there. <laughs> she's she's dressed for field day. She had to pick the right outfit because oh, it said it said dress your child appropriately. And she said, what does that mean? Because she can read now. So she read that out loud and then said, what do they mean? Dress me appropriately. And I said, well, like to play. And she said, like in a field day outfit. And I said, well, I mean, just to play outside. And she said, in a field. And I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> I said, I don't know that field day, because I'm thinking about her school, mm-hmm. actually involves fields. There's it, not a field. There's not a field. Yeah. <laughs> there's an outdoor area, but there's not a field no. per se um, <laughs> to play in. And she was like, well, what is a field anyway? So then we talked about what a field was. And then she said, well, then why do they call it field day if there's no field there? I didn't have an answer for that. So anyway, she wore a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the appropriate attire. Mm-hmm. I she, mean, she I wasn't going to wear shorts. Obviously. It's field day. Right. It's a big uh, day. But she did wear a tank top that says work hard, play hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's worked hard all year as a kindergartner. So now she's playing hard on this field day. <laughs> Listen, for most of the year, we were in virtual school and that was sure. hard. That's that true. was very hard. Yeah. So. But it's oh. it's a rainy field day, so I don't know what's going to happen. My field days all took place in an actual field. Mm. I had an actual field yeah. at my elementary school, and we had big water slides and stuff. So field day attire for us always meant wear your bathing suit under, like, a tank top and some shorts. Well, <laughs> I thought about that, but then I thought it's raining. Yeah. So I don't well, know. Well, maybe you do need a bathing suit then. Oh, maybe I should have. Well, I don't know. We'll see. She, we'll she will tell me if I home. dress her in something that didn't work well for the day, <laughs> like something that wasn't right for gym class or whatever. She comes home and lets me know. Like, well, mom, I was not dressed appropriately. I was not dressed appropriately. <laughs> this was a mess, mom. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, but then uh, Cooper and I were having a talk. So it as we talked about last week it, for Pride Month, we try to do, you know some gay stuff and then we did um because we're talking about beetlejuice which we'll get to but (laughs) sure yeah but i was talking with cooper this morning she was making two of her now to be fair i was probably this is i'm probably such like a liberal mom here in this scenario so i'll just own that up front she's making two of her um uh little dogs get married those toys little pet shop toys you gave her she's making two of them get married and um she said something about these two can't get married because that one's also a girl. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Cause this is not coming from our household. <laughs> this is just our, the heteronormative messages of society. And like all the Disney movies, probably, I guess. Right? Cause she doesn't leave the house. So I don't know where our three year old. She's been inside for the best year and a half of her life. And that's like half of it. I know. <laughs> but it's not I mean unless it's just looking at Justin and I I don't know where she keeps getting I these. mean I guess the only married people she knows on a regular basis are probably mom and dad and you all right so anyway I <laughs> I started explaining to her and I was showing her all the different ways that families can look and all the different 
you know, here are all the different relationships that are fine and healthy and just different ways. And there is no normal thing. All of these things are normal and healthy. And we were talking about this and she was understanding it. Um, you know, she was great. I was actually showing her like people I knew, like, look, these two women are married. Here mm-hmm. they are. Look at their pictures. See, there they are getting married mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And uh, and she was following. And then she said, so anybody can get married. And I said, I kind of like couch that with well, any grown ups like let's stick any grown ups, grown ups, any grown ups who agree to and want to <laughs> can get married. Any grown ups. And she said, not kids. And I said, no, ki- kids don't get married. Just grown ups. She said, well, can little kids marry their stuffies? <laughs> and I said, well, um, can a little kid marry their stuffy? Yes. I, what harm is there in that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she said, okay. And I, and then it hit me and I said, do you, do you want to marry Jackie? Which is what she calls Jack Skellington. Right. Her Jack Skellington stuffy that mm. she sleeps with every night. Yes. So. Did they get married? They have not gotten married yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. A long when, engagement. I don't know when, I the big, I don't know when the big day is. <laughs> but she's definitely interested in Jack Skellington. <laughs> So she just she just got to wait for him to propose, which if that happens, Sid, I would actually be worried. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. She talks to her stuffies and pauses like long pauses, quiet pauses in between. So She's I assume they're talking back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have some sort of Annabelle situation going on there with Jess Kellington. And she tells know. them bad things about you. She does. And they say bad things about you. They get mad at me when I like, when I won't let her do something, when I'm like, no, Cooper, you can't eat these marshmallows. She goes and tells Jackie and Sally on me. Which, that's, like, Sally might poison me. That's a bad energy, I think, to have in your house. <laughs> yeah. The stuffies don't like you. You got some dark stuff going on there. <laughs> I know. The stuffies don't like me. She's going to get married to Jackie. And then he's a part of your family. <laughs> he's my son. He's your son. <laughs> This is my son-in-law, Jack Skellington. He's a stuffy. It's fine. I, I am glad you said her straight that two, two, two lady dogs can get married, though. Yes. I don't want that confusion. Well, then we had the only thing that went awry is after this whole conversation, she was like, we were playing in her dollhouse and she had Bluey be the little girl. Bluey the dog. That's mm-hmm. a great cartoon, by the way. Anyway, and she was like, and here are her two mommies. Anna and Elsa. And oh, I was no. like, oh, well, <laughs> well, well. <laughs> here's the other thing. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Now here's another rule about marriage. <laughs> this is great. Like, I love, I love where we're doing. Two we're mommies is great. Two mommies. Like, this is good. We're going in a good direction. But hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so close. So close. So close. That's just a lot to explain. Yeah. She's three. Yeah, I know. We're getting there. We're working on it. It's an ongoing <laughs> conversation. I have books. I'm going to keep using my books. <laughs> They're better at explaining things than me, apparently. Um. So, did you all watch Beetlejuice? Because you were supposed to. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. It had been a long time. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize how long it had been since I'd watched Beetlejuice. Did either of your kids watch it with you? Both. What did they think? Ooh, were they scared? <sighs> I may have made a miscalculation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could believe that. Yeah. So at first, because I, I, I told Justin, I was like, I need to watch this movie. I'm thinking it's too scary for the girls. What do you think? And he was like, I don't 
think so. I don't. I mean, because they watched the Beetlejuice cartoon. I think I've said that before. Mm-hmm. If I haven't, let me clarify. Justin got the Beetlejuice cartoon that used to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how long ago. Taylor, you and I were little. Yeah, that was the, that was the nineties. Um, he got that on DVD and <laughs> plays it for the girls, and they're obsessed with it. Especially Cooper. Cooper loves Beetlejuice and has Makes like ep- whole episodes memorized yeah. of the Beetlejuice cartoon from the nineties. <laughs> Uh, and he was like, I mean, they like the cartoon. So obviously, like, the character of Beetlejuice is not going to freak him out. Um, yeah, I think they'll be okay. And I was like, I don't know. The sandworm is kind of scary, right? Isn't the sandworm scary? That was my recollection. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, yeah, but I think they'll be okay. So here's what I didn't think about. The sandworm, by the way, while being scary, I don't know if you all agree, but in light of what we can do with, like, um, special effects today... The sandworm, the way it looks from the 90s, did not freak my children out. That makes no, sense. No, I don't think that's the scariest part uh, yeah. at all. <laughs> they started calling it the Play-Doh sandworm. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it does look, it I mean, does. like it's claymation, yeah. right? And so like it looks sort of Play-Doh-ish. Yeah. And so that did not scare them. I did not consider, and this is m- maybe a problem that I have deep inside. I did not consider how disturbing the whole death part is. <laughs> Mm -hmm. how how, like the main characters die in the beginning and then it's all about death the whole time like the whole thing the whole thing i should have thought about that like the opening song in the musical is a show about death it's it's, yeah that's a point it's a central point to it well and that's what as we start it and we're we're sitting there watching you know our two main characters uh margaret and adam right are those their names um anyway gina davis yes and that's their names mm-hmm. um anyway as we're watching them it like justin looks at me and goes we can't let them watch the scene where they die and i was like oh yeah that's <laughs> oh, true no. uh we shouldn't <laughs> um we should fast forward through that and so then they're back in their house and charlie's like what is going on and i'm like they're ghosts now <laughs> <laughs> she's like why i'm like because they're ghosts now just they're ghosts that's all you need to know moving forward they're ghosts now what are we doing now sydney i would like to say though your kids have a pretty decent understanding of the concept of dying that's true because we did find a sadly um past lizard in our pool and we thought Cooper thought it was still sleeping, and we just went with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Charlie came home, and Charlie saw it, and Charlie, of course, knew it was dead. Mm-hmm. And Cooper said, Charlie, it's dead. Take a deep breath. It's okay. It will be all right. The lizard is dead. <laughs> so they they get they kind of get it. And to, in Charlie's class, they did a lesson on living and non-living things, which was started out to be about, like that tree is a living thing, but Mm -hmm. like the rock isn't like that was sort of where it started. And then it went into like, um, things that aren't living, but used to be. And the, this is not a joke. The, uh, example in this children's book, like it's not a textbook, but it was a book about that. We were supposed to read about this was a dead baby bird. (gasps) Yes. Oh no. Right. Oh no. That's a heck of a way to introduce children to death. Right? I know. We're like going through the book. We're like, yeah, the rock isn't living. Look, that cat is living. This is great. We're moving through. Look at this baby bird. It's not moving. What? Oh, God. And like it clicked. Like as I'm reading it out loud to Charlie, I'm like, 
No. Oh, a heads up would have been nice <laughs> that this is what we're talking about. Here's the conversation you're about to have with your child. Right? <laughs> no, just like right uh, in the middle there of like, you know, other. There are ghosts now. Yeah. The chair's not living. Mm-hmm. We agree. <laughs> anyway. So. Well, how'd they I, feel about that? Uh, we fast forwarded a lot through Beetlejuice when I watched it with them. I had to go back and watch the parts that we fast forwarded through to remind <laughs> myself what happened. Um, so I, if you're listening at home, we did not scar our children. They honestly, I think that because even though it is about death and even though it is about ghosts and there are some scary sort of imagery things, I think one, because it's older. And so the scary imagery looks sort of kind of silly. Yeah. And more obviously not real than maybe something today would. Um, And I think the other thing is like, it has that whole feel of like exaggerated, weird silliness. The whole movie does, you know, like it only ever gets so scary in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you all agree, but. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we, cause this movie is, this movie came out what? In 1988. Wow. All right. I I remember seeing it when I was very young and the, when they like contort their faces to be scary yes. and like that, that those images stuck in my head as a child, very much so <laughs> scared the heck out of me. Yeah. That I, that to me in my mind was very scary. Like I remembered that being very scary. And again, I remember the sandworm as being very scary. Mm. I did not, my children did not seem to react to the, those things that way. Um, I, which again may just be a comment on my children. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. We, uh, <laughs> I was a giant sandworm. I'm not afraid, but I am conflicted about the, you know, confronting the concept of death. So let me think about that. that that's where your kids are at. <laughs> that really was what got harder was the idea of like, and then, I mean, because then they, they go into the afterlife or whatever, the underworld or whatever you want to call the place that they go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's the afterlife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that gets a lot darker in terms of like, what is, is this what death is like? Like they, the, they make that comment. This is what your death looks like. This is what his death looks like. This is what her death. It's personal. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this is a lot. This is a lot to be talking mm-hmm. about. Why? How young were we when we watched this movie? I mean... But I, I mean, I'm perpetuating the cycle, so. <laughs> I was probably like, I, I remember mom showing it to me as one of those things that was like, oh, you haven't seen this movie. You must see this movie, which is fair. It's a very good movie that I wouldn't have been aware of because it came out 12 years before I was ever born. Mm-hmm. But I was probably like 11 or 12. I would say we were similar age. I was going to say, I remember like seeing it very young. The death thing, I don't ever remember bothering me because Mm-mm. it just seemed silly. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. Uh, like, if it was ever, can I remember ever being like upset at the concept of death as a child? Like, when did that come into my understanding, and how did I react to it? I'm like, I don't remember that. It just, like, I don't remember there ever being a moment, or rather, I don't think it ever becomes something that you fully process. You just kind of go about your life and go like, well, I'm not going to think about that. <laughs> Well, and if anything, I mean, so part of why I liked this movie so much is because I used to connect very strongly to Lydia Dietz. 
there was a it, it hit at a time in my life where uh, I dressed all in black. Sydney too was strange and unusual. I was. Yeah. I felt that I was strange and unusual. Um, I felt that I was more in connection with the spirit realm. I don't know, like <laughs> things that were spooky. Uh-huh. Um, and like the idea of like ghosts communing with me and being friends with them. Maybe it was just because I didn't have any actual human friends. <laughs> so like maybe maybe there's a dead couple in the house that would be friends with me. <laughs> and I could help them build their model town. <laughs> this seems relevant to my interests. <laughs> but uh, but that part of it was the idea of like, that seems very comforting. They just get to keep living in their in their house. Yeah. And yeah. he keeps working on his model. And forever. Forever. <laughs> But she says, she says, like, where are all the other dead people early in the movie? And he looks at her and says, maybe we're in heaven. And I just thought that's like a very, like, sweet little moment. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we're in heaven. It's just the two of us in our house forever. And we don't have to go anywhere or do anything. Yeah. Except we yeah. experienced that the past year. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that was kind of life. But th- this is why part of why I chose this movie. Is it really, like, Lydia Dietz, to me, was like, okay, this is... I, I so understand this person. Her parents don't get her. Nobody gets her. She's, you know, misunderstood by society and doesn't so fit in. And only the only people who could possibly get her are already dead. So right. I feel you, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember being upset by the concept of death in this movie. I do remember the character of Beetlejuice just like making me very stressed out hmm. I, not yeah. when rewatching it but like uh, the first time i watched it i just remember this the whole his whole vibe just really is it because he he does so it. much gross stuff yes he's very gross. i think that's probably why he's very gross um and i found that very upsetting but not in like <laughs> a scary way just like i don't enjoy you <laughs> yeah I, now i'm yeah. now it's fine but when i was young it was not it is, it is interesting. This is the original source material for both the cartoon and then the musical. And I think that the Beetlejuice that we get in both is a much more palatable Beetlejuice than in the actual yes. movie. Because yes. he's, not, he's not some fun guy that, you, you know, you just like, you know, he's, he's pretty terrible. He is. Yeah. He is. They, they are so effective with, um, first of all, like the costume and makeup. The fact that he always has that greenish thing on the side of his face that looks like it's some sort of mold or mildew or something growing on him mm-hmm. it is yeah. i mean like it's very viscerally upsetting yes <laughs> looking at him was a lot of like oh. uh, like i know i feel like i know what you smell like yeah <laughs> like looking at the mold growing on you like it's unpleasant um and then just like his performance right. he's takes every opportunity to do things that are gross and upsetting and mm-hmm. yeah um, I agree. I agree that the character of Beetlejuice I always found yeah, pretty gross. Although I will say uh, the musical and cartoon versions I agree are much much better. But Tay, you and I went to a Beetlejuice pop-up restaurant um, right before the the world ended. Like a week before <laughs> we saw Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. And the Beetlejuice that was in this restaurant was equally as upsetting as yes. the original Beetlejuice. <laughs> Really, That's the guy true. playing Beetlejuice that walked through the restaurant. Um, yes, <laughs> that's a weird fit for a restaurant. I feel like. Well, it wasn't it was cool. It, 
it was like kind of a Tim Burton pop up, which uh, yeah, this uh, is this movie isn't directed by Tim Burton, um, correct? I I thought yes. it was. Is it? Um, but the, the the restaurant was a Tim Burton themed restaurant, so it had like mm-hmm. like Jack Skellington yeah, it, oh, it performed. Is. It is. Oh, it is directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those that he produced but didn't direct. But okay. But yeah. So it, it had a bunch. It had a whole cast of characters one of which was beetlejuice and i will agree like before he came on it was jack skellington and that was very nice like oh there's a, mm-hmm. a jack skellington in the restaurant he's singing what's this <laughs> yeah it's so nice and then oh now there's this beetlejuice and he's just being just close talking everybody and you know like yeah. please don't look at me please don't make eye contact <laughs> which is, i think it's you must be doing a very good beetlejuice if that's how people are reacting to yeah you. Yeah, I mean, I, that's definitely true. Because he, uh, like, as main characters, Jack Skellington is a much more refined. Um, <laughs> seems like the kind of guy you might want for a son in law. Refined gentleman. <laughs> you better get used to the idea. <laughs> I know the kind of guy I hope my kids marry. <laughs> but not a Beetlejuice. No. No, not a Beetlejuice. Um, sometimes spikes shoot out of the sides of him. I mean, yeah. thankfully, it seems like Cooper has her sight set on Jack. Mm-hmm. And she has, I mean, she's had the opportunity to develop a crush on Beetlejuice and hasn't so far. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people have, though, especially based off the musical. There's a lot of, when I was watching some Uh. YouTube videos of the old cartoon and people that were uh, very enamored with the Beetlejuice character, I'm like, this is just a whole, this is a generational thing, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I think, and I think it's first exposure really matters because like my, my first exposure to Beetlejuice was the movie. And he grossed me out. And while, yes, he is easier to stomach in the cartoon, I don't, I don't think I'll ever get beyond that mm-hmm. initial, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> ugh. It's a lot. Plus, he does that thing where he turns into, like, the circus, the carnival game at the end. Now, that part I always did find a little disturbing. Yeah. When he turns into the mallet game. I agree. Yeah. That was a lot. Um, I, I want to talk about Catherine O'Hara. Um, of course, who doesn't? Right. Uh, but before I do that, let's check the group message. I have something I want to tell you all about this week, and that is StoryWorth. Because we're coming up on Father's Day, and if there's ever been a year to make the dads in your life feel loved and appreciated, it's this one. So you can give them a heartfelt, sentimental gift that the whole family can cherish forever with StoryWorth. Um, It's an online service that helps every father figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts, which if your dad is anything like ours, he loves telling stories about his life. Yes. He waits to be asked. (laughs) Yes. There are many he will tell over and over and over again, and they'll be different every time you hear them, which is perfect (laughs) for uh, StoryWorth, because every week they will email your dad or family member, whoever you choose to get those for, or come up on Father's Day, so they'll email your father figure a different story prompt, questions you've never thought to ask, like, What's your favorite story about your dad? Or what things are you proudest of in life? Or perhaps maybe, what about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? That's oh, a good no. question for our dad. Um, I mean, don't don't ask him. But no, don't ask him. He would him. love to tell you. Yes. Um, Let StoryWorth do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After one whole year, StoryWorth will compile all those stories into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. There's no shortage of surprises when reading the weekly stories, and they make you feel closer to your family even if you're not together, which is really important after this past year. We've all been a little bit more distant from all of our loved ones, so this is a way to feel real close. 
So, uh, Tay, if our listeners want to check out StoryWorth, what should they do? Well, give your dad the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash stillbuffering. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash stillbuffering for $10 off. Now, summertime is basically here. I mean, more or less. It's almost here. It's like, it's been like up to 90 degrees. So it's here. And that means we're all getting sweaty Mm -hmm. and maybe getting a little funky. Um, But not me. (laughs) (laughs) I meant, I meant funky like stinky. You're not getting funky? (laughs) You don't get funky. I love getting funky in the summer. Well, I meant like, you know, the other kind of funk. Okay. Mm. When your underarms smell because of the sweat. (laughs) But not me because of native deodorant uh they've they've got you covered their um their all of their products are made with ingredients that you know and have heard of and you can feel good about you know rubbing all over your body under your arms or elsewhere because they don't just have deodorant they have body wash they have toothpaste they have a brand new spf 30 broad spectrum sunscreen for your face and body it's lightweight it absorbs quickly um and it's got unscented which i always appreciate in, in all products offering that or coconut and pineapple uh, and so that's the other thing this year, this time of year, you're getting sweaty, you want your deodorant and also wear your sunscreen. Can't stress that enough. Um, we've also all tried the body wash. You all have yes. each mm-hmm. tried out different. I always say flavors. I don't mean flavors like eat them. They're scents. They're not flavors. Not flavors. Uh, of natives products. What, uh, what have you all enjoyed in the body washes? I got the midnight jasmine and sage and that just smells dreamy. Yeah. Nice. I got the uh, surf and sea moss, which is really putting me in that that uh, island time mindset. Oh, I feel like all right. my eyes. It's like putting a shell up to your ear, but instead it's like lathering your body up with the sound that comes out of that shell when you put it in your ear. Whoa. That's very poetic. Thank now. you. <laughs> so Native has you covered the summer with a variety of products to keep you um, feeling and smelling good. Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Native, what should they do? Well, stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. Now, I had a thought as we were watching Beetlejuice that had never occurred to me before. Hmm. So I love Catherine O'Hara. Of course. She's just funny always like f well i, I want to say effortlessly but i mean she probably yeah does work very hard yeah but it seems it feels effort just yeah. effortlessly funny in everything she does uh and as she she enters this movie because they are the family that is moving into the house that is supposedly left vacant by this deceased couple but secretly there are still ghosts there as she is moving into the house it hits me i'm looking at her all dressed in like basically black and white sort of motif all the time from the city from New York being forced into this sort of rural <laughs> living environment mm-hmm. where she's uncomfortable and doesn't have all the things she needs and thinks everything is sort of tacky and tasteless and not up to her standards. And, and it's all unpleasant. And it hits me that it is very similar <laughs> to her character in Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I kind like, of felt like that was part of the, the, joke right i mean with schitt's creek is that her aesthetic is so close to the aesthetic from this movie i don't i didn't know that like it never clicked until i was looking at her in this movie and i thought 
like it, I, it just made sense that she was dressed that way. And I realized like, oh, of course, because I'm looking at her as Moira Rose and that's not who that is. That's, you know, whatever yeah. Deets. I forget her first name. Anyway, De- Delia. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it never occurred to me. Do you think it is? Is that part of the inspiration? I mean, it might have factored in. I I don't know from any facts, but it, it, there's got to be something there. Like when she's wearing the glove as a headband, you know, and she's got the fingers <laughs> yeah. coming up and going down. Like that's such like a, a thing that Moira Rose would wear. Also, I think it's cool. Wow. It's a cool look, but. I had not even thought about I mean, obviously, I knew they were both Catherine O'Hara, but I had not even made that connection between the characters until you just said that. But that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. I love the whole aesthetic that she brings to the house, the design, as much as the point of it is that it's bad in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Like the set design and that part of the movie, her costume design paired with that is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I always really um, I mean, when I was younger, I saw that like, oh, she's ruining their house. I think, you know, I understood that that was supposed to be the thing. Mm-hmm. But like as I was rewatching it as an adult, I was thinking like, well, kind of like i mean it's not entirely my style but Mm -hmm. like i like that bar a lot yeah (laughs) yeah that bar is nice (laughs) yeah i would totally do that bar like i would have that in my house that's cool wouldn't match anything else but i would have it (laughs) um yeah i I really enjoy her style and and uh that whole part of it now Mm -hmm. like and i didn't get that before but she is just so she's wonderful and everything she's in she's hilarious Mm -hmm. and um i also realized how many jokes there was no way i got like when they can't wake, when they're trying to haunt her initially, and they're just dressed as ghosts with the sheets on their heads, mm-hmm. and they're standing in her room, moaning, and she's still asleep the whole time, and she sits up and turns the TV off and lays back down and never wakes up to see that they're yeah. there. I don't think I ever got the joke later when Lydia says she's sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. Yeah. That's not a kid. Totally joke. didn't get that as a kid. No way I got that. No yeah. way I understood that. And then I watched and I went, oh... Okay. Okay. <laughs> it made me wonder how many other beats in that movie. Like, I just totally. Yeah. Just totally missed. I know for a fact I never understood the joke at the end where uh, Otho, the way that Beetlejuice sends him running. Oh, yeah. Is he puts him in a leisure suit. Mm-hmm. I, I know I didn't understand that. I thought yeah. that too when I was watching it. I was like, "Oh, I, there is no way that this is this is this is kind of a weird joke for even adults to get, right?" Like, <laughs> I don't know if I've been like that. That I think as a kid, I must have just processed like, well, like all the other people in this family, they, he likes to wear black and white, and then he made him wear light blue, so he got upset, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> <laughs> which is a wild idea that like sometimes. Sometimes to punish people, you put them in light blue suits and they get so upset that they run screaming from your house. This is normal in life. I understand it. Um, I have to ask, did did Cooper get to the point where there was, I mean, the the marriage um, and have any questions? Because you did say grownups. And that was a thing that I did appreciate in the musical. They kind of leaned into that and made it very obvious how weird... Uh, it was. Do they address it? There's a song called "Creepy Old Guy" that Lydia sings with mm-hmm. everyone about how she's marrying her own creepy old guy, mm. um, and they all kind of acknowledge it's very weird. So I did appreciate that little shift in the musical. Yeah. But did she have any questions about that? Uh, not really. Other than she kept, I I kept saying, "Oh no, like that's so bad." She doesn't. <laughs> 
oh no, that's wrong. She doesn't want to marry him. And she kept, instead of saying like, I understand what you're trying to say to me, mommy. And I, uh, you know, yes, obviously this is a bad situation. She kept looking at me going, it's okay, mommy. Beetlejuice won't win. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> she took it a step further. It was like, I, mommy, maybe you, ha- I haven't seen this movie before, but I know how these things play out. Yeah. And like, he's probably, it's going to be fine. There's no way the movie ends with, <laughs> with her being forced into marrying Beetlejuice. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry, mommy. It'll be fine. <laughs> Beetlejuice won't win. <laughs> it, it, has resulted it's reinforced now my children screaming beetlejuice over and over again oh good just Um, waiting for him to try uh cooper to try to summon him and charlie to try to quickly unsummon him before he has the opportunity to manifest (laughs) (laughs) and charlie trying to keep track of how many times cooper has said it too because that's the other thing is like cooper doesn't really understand that like it's three times or she does but then says it multiple times anyway and so charlie will sit there and count to see like okay did she unsummon him on her own i think she said it six times so i think i'm good i don't think i have to say anything (laughs) (laughs) like do the math to figure out like is beetlejuice coming or not and i keep looking at charlie and going you know beetlejuice isn't coming right like you know and she was like yeah you never know (laughs) yeah can't be too sure but just to be on the safe side it does feel weird at the end of the movie. I was watching them all attempt to say Beetlejuice three times to make him go away. And it occurs to me there's a big long stretch of time where they could have done that and they don't. And then that bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. I know it's a movie. It is a movie. Don't worry. He won't win. <laughs> don't worry. He won't win. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I... For some reason, I thought that the only thing that would bother them was a sandworm. That's not true. Yeah, the sandworm uh, is not not scary, I don't think. Even, like, watching if I was a kid now, I could see where Charlie and Cooper were kind of... I mean, they're not impressed by that technology. Probably thinking, what is this? It doesn't look like my cartoons. It doesn't look real. I also... I do think, like, it's kind of... I don't know. This might be me extrapolating too much from it but like Lydia in the beginning I like I said I connected with her a lot because she was like dark and misunderstood and at the, and I was at that point in my teenage years where I was dark and misunderstood uh, and but we also get a glimpse to like she's deeply unhappy mm-hmm. also by the end of the movie I feel like they do a pretty decent job of making her still kind of dark and misunderstood still sort of weird mm-hmm unusual um but not unhappy which i think is nice that they don't like have her coming home in like i mean she's in her school uniform which is whatever that's what she had to wear but they don't have her in like a floral print dress mm-hmm. or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, she hasn't they, changed who you, she is yeah you could yeah. really make that mistake at the end of the movie by making her seem like now she's a normal girl look don't worry yeah. <laughs> fall into the grease trap yes putting her in a leather bodysuit yeah not actually, I just, you know, metaphorically. Well, they save it from being like some sort of weird cautionary tale. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it would be if like at the end she came home and she's got a big bow in her hair and she's like, Bobby asked me to the dance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. We're going to go for sodas at the chocolate shop afterwards. I mean, it is kind of like uh, 
I, I think the same we just talked about, but I'm a cheerleader and that's kind of the same thing, right? Like she's still a cheerleader. Like she didn't change mm-hmm. who she was, but now she's just like out and happy. Lydia yeah. is still like who she is, but now she's just happy. She's just a goth. That's <laughs> she's fine. She's just a goth. She's yes. a happy goth. That's fine. She um, is. And there are she... actually a lot of those, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she communes with spirits. That's fine. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. They live there with her. That's no problem. Well, I like that it's like she has these wholesome parental figures. Like her her actual parents aren't very, I don't want to say they're not good parents, but they're definitely not like wholesome, traditional, like mm-hmm. proud of you parents. And so she, that's what she's got that with her ghosts. And so now she's more well adjusted. <laughs> I think that's very nice. And it. And they do. I also noticed at the end, um, they show Delia doing her art. And then there's like the magazine cover behind her that talks about how she's the new artist, the new hot artist or whatever or something. Mm -hmm. Like she has had success in her art world. Yeah. Or whatever. That's kind of a nice little. (laughs) I do like that they switched up that character just a little bit in the musical, which I know I mentioned a few times, but just because I think it's like a very good Mm -hmm. um, like adaptation because it's still the same story but just with a few changes but she's a life coach in the musical and like that's how she met Lydia's dad was that was his life coach but then he needs her to like life coach Lydia Mm. Um, and that all of those interactions with her trying to like life coach about the spirituality of the universe and the earth and uh, Lydia's you know throughout the Mm -hmm. before she's a happy goth by the end Um, they're very good very funny yeah i have to see the musical because that's very good yeah and i i have i watched more of the cartoon when you whatever we bought the movie on i forget which app it was however we got the movie Mm -hmm. to watch it this time it came with three bonus episodes of the cartoon it did yes (laughs) cooper was all excited because she was like i've never seen this one (laughs) so we watched it new one to memorize yeah yeah Mm -hmm. There's a car they have in the cartoon called Doomy, and she really likes this car. <laughs> I she wants a Doom car. Uh-huh. I watched I watched a couple of episodes of the cartoon last night, uh, and I forgot how that's the the design of that cartoon is it's really fun. Like the the, the netherworld, like mm-hmm. just the whole weird architecture of it. Yeah, and I remember loving that cartoon as a kid, and like now I, I get it looking back. Like, oh yeah, this is just weird. <laughs> I think it is weird, and I always loved um, Lydia's, like, spiderweb dress thing Mm -hmm. that she was wearing. Yeah, that in the cartoon, I always Mm -hmm. wanted that. (laughs) It is an odd, it's an an odd choice, though, because Beetlejuice is not at all a bad guy in the cartoon. He's a very, like, lovable, wacky figure, and to take that from the movie, you know. (laughs) It really is true. It makes you want, like, a second movie where, like they realize they need him to help them fight a bigger bad. And then he becomes like good, like a redemption, yeah. a redemption arc for him. Well, a Beetlejuice redemption arc. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what the musical, like, you know, it expands yeah. on the story. Obviously it has to, but like it has a, a bit more of a, like a backstory for Beetlejuice and a, and a bit of a redemption for his character. He's also really? a lot less like they make him charm, more charming in the musical. He's still, you know, Beetlejuice, but I think that, that there's a reason that there's such a cult following of the character in the musical because they definitely give him a bit more of a, you know, uh, good, like a, I don't know, what am I trying to say? 
an anti-hero role instead of the yeah. villain. I gotcha. Which I guess is, is very on trend these days, right? Corella, Beetlejuice, whatever. They're all misunderstood good guys. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I mean, I think like in the movie, he doesn't, I mean, he is the bad guy in a sense. Um, but it's because he like, you ask him to do a job and he takes it too far. I mean, like they hire, like he's hired to rid the house of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they did do that. He just takes it too far. I don't know why I'm justifying Beetlejuice's <laughs> actions in the movie Beetlejuice right now. Um, I, you know, they were going to make a second one. Oh, they were. Yes. Uh, Tim Burton was going to make a second one and most of the original cast was coming back and then pandemic happened and it kind of stopped everything. Oh, was um, that so recently I, they were going to make a second one? Yeah, it was supposed to come out like February of this year. Oh, wow. Uh, um, so they started talking about it in like 2019. And, and then, then like, as in like Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are coming back for <laughs> I it? I mean, I saw Michael <laughs> Keaton and Winona Ryder both had discussed it. Well, there we go. Um, as long as those, well, and yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Could Catherine O'Hara please I come back? I need her to come yeah, back, yeah. Those three. But uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen again or if it will be happening, but... I don't know. I mean, I would watch it. I'd be excited. Yeah. yeah. See what the whole description is just a follow up. What grown up Lydia, Lydia Dietz is up to. Yeah. What's she doing with Beetlejuice and Alec Baldwin? <laughs> Although, but like, well, I would say if you have the, the Gina Davis, the, the couple, then they, they've definitely aged, which I don't know. How are they going to explain mm, that? Would ghost age. <laughs> I don't know. Like if. <laughs> if the afterlife mythology of Beetlejuice is th- the correct one, I don't really want to engage with that too much. <laughs> like, let's not. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It also seems kind of all over the place because, I mean, I'm assuming that they drowned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I also, that that death seat is very anticlimactic. I remember yeah. it as being much more tragic than when I watched it. I was like, well, that, I think you could have gotten out of that car. <laughs> I think you could have been okay. <laughs> You just didn't try hard enough. It's like a very, it's like a like a maybe an eight foot drop. It's not a very big drop. Yeah, they definitely didn't. There were other people who's who in death having to live out their mechanism of death was a lot like like the guy who's like all burnt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was another moment where we started fast forwarding because we're sitting there and he shows <laughs> nope, up nope, and nope. Cooper goes, "Well, that guy's all burnt," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> uh, 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 that's upsetting I don't know they were fine they didn't have any nightmares last night okay. they slept fine they woke up this morning happy as could be apparently it didn't scar don't worry that's good. we fast forwarded through the scary stuff uh, well I mean I don't think it's bad for kids to understand that death is a thing like they're gonna yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna find out <laughs> yeah in kindergarten if you don't tell them Apparent, before that yeah. <laughs> you'll find dead birds in your textbook Oh wow, man! I was it was a very, yes. That's upsetting. I just would have appreciated a little heads up. We're going to talk about death this week in kinder, in virtual kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be prepared. Charlie just talk. slowly slides out of frame. Like mm-hmm. mm, I want to do this. No, thing. she used to do that. She would turn her camera off. Yeah. On her Zoom, she learned how to turn her camera off on her Zoom classes and wander away. So then we had to start monitoring her more closely. And then she would just wander away with the camera on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you all. It was fun to thank watch you. that movie again um, and dis- discuss death. 
<laughs> no. Yeah. The, 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 okay. Happy Pride Month. Here's no. an episode about death. <laughs> I think I think the good thing is for the kids, and this is probably why it didn't bother us so much when we were young, Tay. I don't think it is as obvious as it seems to us. Um, it just is like, okay, they're ghosts. And like, you don't think much about that. I mean, they've seen Ghostbusters, and they didn't think much about the origin of the ghosts. You know, they're just ghosts. I mean, Slimer looks significantly less <laughs> uh, human, I would well, say, than I'm just Adam saying, and Barbara. There wasn't a lot of time spent thinking about it. It was just, yeah, they're ghosts. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, they're like Nightmare Before Christmas. There's a lot. Yeah. Most yeah. people are obviously, they have passed on. There's like the guy with the butcher knife coming out of his head. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I think when you're a kid, you just kind of don't, you don't dwell on it. It's like, okay. Yeah. That's true. You know, Charlie call or Cooper calls Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Halloween. <laughs> the only first that's You good. know, Jackie from This Is Halloween. Old I Jackie. mean, he is in that song. Yeah, that's true. Well, Tay, what's next? Uh, next, I want to talk about a uh, an anime that I, I liked very much growing up. Uh, it, uh, another good pride topic, like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Revolutionary Girl Utena. All right. all right. So there's a there's an animated series. There's also a movie. Definitely want you all to watch the movie and some of the some of the show. But all right, we Can will check that. it out. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you both. Thank you all for listening. Um, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And you should go to maximumfun.org. There are lots of shows there, and you should listen to them, and you would like them. Um, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am, am too. Beetlejuice. No. No. Beetlejuice. No. No. Beetlejuice. No. Quick, where's Charlie? She has to undo it. It's Charlie. <laughs> that's, how, that's exactly how he says it. Yes. Showtime. From the internationally acclaimed creators of Who Shot Ya comes the movie podcast Maximum Film, starring producer and film festival programmer Drea Clark as a woman bound by passion. I saw this eight months ago on the festival circuit, and I loved it. Film critic Alonzo Duralde as a man corrupted by greed. Why watch one Hallmark Christmas movie when I can watch seven? And comedian Ifiwadiwe as a man protecting a love that society simply won't accept. I think Pacific Rim is a perfect movie. And if you can't accept that, then I want you out of my life! From the makers of the movie podcast, Who Shot Ya? comes Maximum Film. That's right, we changed the name of our show to Maximum Film. But don't worry, we're still a movie review show that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. So tune in to Maximum Film at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.